listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, following. The following. Is a journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. To a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I'm the man of the hour. The man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the Macho Man. Yeah. The best there is. The best of walk. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Two words for you. Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's Journey into Wrestling, season three. Episode 15, I am your host, Nate. Hope everybody's doing fantastic on this Wrestling Wednesday. Man, we've got a fudge ton of news to cover, you guys. There's so many different things that have happened and broke since we last spoke. And that wasn't meant to be a rhyme. I really didn't... That wasn't planned. It's not my notes or anything like that. But so many things have happened. We had Elimination Chamber. We've had some returns. We've had some new champions. We've had some things change. Uh, we've got a, a clearer picture of WrestleMania. We've got some news on AEW. We have news covering kind of a lot of stuff in wrestling. So I think we should just get right into it. First and foremost, we should talk about the Elimination Chamber WWE pay-per-view that happened. I don't know why the Extreme Rules card is up. That's not at all what I pulled up earlier, but okay, we're going to work around this and do a uh, Elimination Chamber 2019. Hopefully we have the right, okay, Fastlane's right, WrestleMania's right, AEW, why is this one wrong? Weird. Okay, anyways, here we go. I watched the event, and it was actually not bad. I wasn't mad at it. Uh, Buddy Murphy defeated Akira Tozawa in the prelim kickoff show match. Uh, and then we get into the actual event of... And I, I'm sorry, I don't have a whole lot to say about the that two, the Cruiserweight title and all that. It's just, I don't really... It's some, There's something that's still a little bit flat to me about that division. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what is keeping me from really enjoying 205 Live, but I'm not really a huge fan of that specific part of WWE's product. So we get into Elimination Chamber... And the first match on the card was the tag team women's uh, elimination chamber match for the inaugural WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. The Boston Hug connection in this match up against Carmella Naomi, Mandy Rose, and Sonya Deville, Nia Jackson, Tamina, the Iconics, and the Riot Squad. This was a very intense, action-paced fight great match had a lot of interesting spots in it uh seeing Nia Jax go through the plexiglass was pretty crazy uh ultimately you know I I I think I maybe I made a little bit of a mistake when I predicted this last episode because I said I thought that the smart play here was to crown the Iconics Billy Kay and Peyton Royce they really need that push into the spotlight like that. They're great. They're over in a lot of ways, but they aren't made on the main roster yet. Bailey and Sasha are. They've both had their time in the spotlight. They've both done their thing, and I know it's like, well, they've done so much. You want to keep giving them the firsts of things, but like this is one I'm. I was wrong. They gave uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks the. Uh, the title here and uh, what still well deserved. I, I liked it. Uh, ultimately, coming down to uh, you know just a, a hell of a, just a hell of a war, and uh, I really liked how uh, just 
these women weren't afraid to use the elimination chamber to fight, and that was great. So up next was Jimmy and Jay the Usos. This is like two days after Jimmy got arrested for fighting a cop or trying to fight a cop or some shit. He was a passenger in a car, and Naomi got pulled over, and they smelled alcohol because Jimmy was maybe drinking a little bit, and then he got out. He might have got tased. I don't know. Uh, but they actually defeated The Miz and Shane McMahon to regain the SmackDown Tag Team Championships, meaning that the Usos aren't going anywhere, and neither are those SmackDown Tag Team titles for a minute now. Up next, we had Finn Balor up against Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush for the Intercontinental Championship in a handicap match. Uh, I loved the dynamic of this match, back and forth. You know, Finn picking his spots, Finn finally kind of getting things going. Finn finally getting over and winning this match against Leo Rush, not against Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley kind of did this like semi-turn on Leo Rush, and then they were back together on Raw the very next night, so I'm not sure what that was about. So Finn Balor, your new Intercontinental Champ, he's not going anywhere. And what was a way less impressive match than I wanted it to be, Ronda Rousey up against Ruby Riot in a match for the Raw Women's Championship. Ronda quickly winning and retaining um, Ruby Riot by submission. Of course, then out came Charlotte, and then out came Becky, and then Becky came with a bunch of fucking swings from her crazy-ass crutches and left all kinds of bruises on people and shit. And then Baron Corbin, and the, of course, they're setting up this beautiful thing between Ronda Becky and Charlotte and what could be the first all-women's head lining match of WrestleMania, and I think it should be, personally. But anyways, uh, up next on that card was Baron Corbin up against Braun Strowman. No disqualification match, of course. Drew McIntyre with the, with the interference, a bunch of bullshit. Braun Strowman loses after a beatdown, as we kind of seen before from this crew. Uh... You know, it's, uh, I hate that, I really, they, they've done a good job of making you really genuinely, genuinely, like, a couple years ago, we gave out the Baron Corbin Award. He still gets that fucking award, because, like, he's fucking Baron Corbin, man. So, lastly, in the, in the evening, we had the Men's Elimination Chamber match for the WWE Championship, and Daniel Bryan, uh... Going the distance, being in the match the entirety of the match, uh, ultimately coming down to him and Kofi, putting on a hell of a performance between the two of them. Kofi Kingston proving that in his career he is a highly underrated, highly overlooked, and not enough celebration for Kofi Kingston as a performer because he brought the thunder. He had a lot of sick moves. There were moments they were up on the pod, and you thought crazy shit was going to happen, and there was it was high stakes, high drama. Uh, ultimately, you know, Daniel Bryan gets the win here and retains his empire. Uh, this was an all right pay-per-view. I wasn't mad at Elimination Chamber. I think some people are just like super jaded on wrestling right now. And I say that because like, I'm not all in, all in on everything WWE is doing, but I can appreciate a good card. And when I see good matches or if they're gimmick matches, they kind of allure me a little bit more anyways. So then I'm like, oh, what are they going to bring this time? And if they deliver like they did this year, you know, I mean, it was great. It was good, man. Seeing AJ and Samoa Joe and uh, uh, Jeff Hardy and, uh, you know, obviously Kofi and DB. I mean, those guys are some of the best names in the biz. And they were just killing it with each other and having awesome moments between people and and it was it was great it really was uh, I was not upset at this so like I said the fallout of this comes with you know as I said Sasha and Bailey are now the first ever women's tag team champs think about that for a second the tag division now has official representation for women's matches like it's not just you know uh, lingerie matches and pillow fights anymore like they actually have proper representation on their brand i think it speaks to the wwe to finally start making that happen uh but i i also think that you know this was just it was coming it was a long time of coming but it was coming so good on them i do like that the usos retained but it also kind of seems like maybe that was a 
you know, they almost, they, they had discussed leaving and it looks like they're not going to leave. Same thing to be said with Finn. And, and, you know, that was like crazy part of the week, but then we got humongous breaking news, you guys, uh, middle of last week. And it was like, fuck, I wish I had a, a journey into wrestling this week. I didn't. It was a foodies. You guys should still check it out. And it was very good. They announced the first name for the class of 2019's Hall of Fame for the WWE. Oh, you didn't know. It's not just them, though, because are you ready? Break it down. I mean, dude, DX, the fucking entire pack faction, DX. You've got... Shawn Michaels, Triple H, X-Pac, Road Dog, Billy Gunn, and amazingly, so fucking excitingly, finally, China is going to be inducted in some form into the WWE Hall of Fame. Well-deserved, and I feel like this is this year. Next year, she will be inducted as a, as a solo competitor, not as a part of a faction, because this is definitely where she got her start and where China became... A household name was through D-Generation X and everything they did in the 90s. But it is crazy and amazing to me that you're going to have now. Triple H is being inducted in a weird situation because he kind of had some say in this. But he can't not be a part of the history that's real, you know, obviously. Shawn Michaels now joins very limited company with Mr. Ric Flair being a... Or actually, it's Ric Flair and also Hogan, I do believe, are two-time Hall of Famers. Now Shawn Michaels joins that upper echelon. X-Pac getting a nod. That's amazing. Shawn Waltman, well-deserved. Road Dogg and Billy Gunn. Interesting to note, Billy Gunn will actually be... Well, he's going to actually be employed by All Elite Wrestling. I mean, he is currently employed with All Elite Wrestling, so it's, you know... uh, he he's a producer now for All Elite, so he's going to be kind of doing that, like, I guess they're going to have to be simpatico for a minute already. Right out the gate, there's got to be a little bit of work done because you're not going to let uh, one of your producers show up on WWE television without some caveats. We'll see what those caveats are. I'm not sure. Billy Gunn also claiming that it is a humongous relief. He said the most exciting thing about this whole thing is that China is finally being inducted, and it is a huge relief. He said, I think that it was the most exciting thing about this whole thing when Brian said to me, and China is going in, I think it was a huge relief for for me because you're right. I always said she needed to go in. What goes on outside of wrestling is what goes on outside of wrestling. It has nothing to do with the fact that she was a huge impact in wrestling's industry and that that's what this is recognizing. He's correct. Triple H also kind of doubled down on this. He said, from a career standpoint, uh, should she be in the Hall of Fame? Absolutely. It's a bit difficult, though, uh, and this is the flip side of the coin. This is the side nobody looks at. I've got an 8-year-old kid. My 8-year-old sees the Hall of Fame. My 8-year-old kid goes on the Internet to look at China. What comes up? And I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm not criticizing lifestyle choices. Everybody has their reasons. And I don't know what they were. I don't care to know. It's not a morality thing or anything else. It's just the fact of what it is. That's a difficult choice. So, man, it's crazy to me that this has happened. You know, finally, we have China in the Hall of Fame, DX in the Hall of Fame, Triple H is now officially a Hall of Famer, which changes things a little bit in his storybook perspective. You know, I'm really curious before time is up for him if they are going to decide to induct Vince. But before I get into that, I also want to mention that uh, I want to talk briefly about how X-Pac was told that he was going to be a Hall of Famer. So he's one of the few people that were part of both DX and the NWO. And uh, he said on his podcast, 12360, X-Pac 12360, uh, anytime anyone has ever asked me about getting into the Hall of Fame, I can just think of so many people that should go into the Hall of Fame from generations past that haven't gone in. For me, it's important to see those people go in while they are still around to enjoy the induction. I got a text from Mark Carano, head of talent relations, and he was just like, hey, can we talk? And I just assumed it was about signing my contract, Legends deal, because I had the FedEx package and contract sitting on my table. 
And finally he called, and he's just like, I just talked to Paul. I can't remember the words exactly how he said it. And he he said, you're going into the Hall of Fame, and I just about shit. He then explained that with DX and everyone going in, Joni included, and it's not that I don't feel worthy because I do understand the things that I have done in the industry and my career and all of that, but I'm just blown away by all of it. I've done things in my career, no accomplishments. Being in DX, NWO, The Click, all of that, you go, okay, eventually that will happen, but I wasn't sure that I would still be around for it, to be honest with you, because not everyone's going to make it up to that stage. So, yeah, I am just uh, grateful. Man, it's uh, this is beautiful. It's cool. But we have another name that just broke today. It's a little bit of breaking news we get to add to the show. As the second name to be inducted in the class of 2019's WWE Hall of Fame is... Honky Tonk Man. Amazing. That is incredible. I think it is super well-deserved. Super duper duper well deserved. Dwayne Ferris, also known as the Honky Tonk Man, first joined the WWF in 86. He was one of the greatest intercontinental champions of all time. If you don't know your Honky Tonk Man history, please do go look into it. He is a legend in the game, for sure. While we look back at legends and what's coming in the Hall of Fame, we also have to look forward at what's to come in the future of professional wrestling. We had some NXT call-ups that, well, quite frankly, now Hall of Fame inductee Triple H is not necessarily happy about because he didn't know these call-ups were coming. As Ricochet, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, and Alistar Black all debuted last Monday on Raw. Ricochet teaming with Finn Balor to win his debut match on Raw. You had Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano teaming up uh, to face The Revival. And, spoiler alert, DIY, Nega DIY won. So that was pretty excellent. You also had Alistar Black go up against Elias. And Alistar Black hitting the black mass and killing it, taking it home and completing the sweep for the NXT guys that got called up. It's pretty incredible, you know, that these guys are really four dudes who I felt like were definitely a little overripe. Alistar Black's been down for a while. Johnny Gargano's been down for like four years or so. I mean... You look at some of these guys and their legacy and the lineage, and you think DIY was a tag team at one of the earliest takeovers and were having incredible matches as a team, and then they went through their whole drama and had a whole year where they had to build because Tommaso was hurt, and now Gargano is, you know, made you know made man. Unfortunately, he did lose the North American title um, NXT. I do want to speak on that really quickly. But he lost it to Velveteen Dream, which I think is a worthy, 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 worthy champion to hold that belt now. So, so far, three out of the six that competed in the uh, ladder match for the NXT North American title back at, uh, what was that? It was TakeOver New Orleans last April, right? Uh, that title is now, well, it's now with Velveteen. And three of the six have held it, so that's pretty cool. But back to it, you know, these guys are kind of all over, right? But then there's this worry because now you've had a mass exodus of your top four or five guys really recently here, things moving around and stuff in the shuffle. What does that mean for the upcoming future of NXT? What does that mean for Tommaso Ciampa, who is still the NXT champ right now? Does that seal his fate that he has to lose? Will he be stripped of his title much like Asuka where he never lost it uh that's I mean it's not impossible to say that that's a thing it's just all this is happening seemingly at an interesting time as we gear towards Wrestlemania we gear up gear down and get ready with Wrestlemania coming and it's funny um I don't remember who was talking but it was a couple weeks ago they were like you know it's Wrestlemania season and right now is where all the weird shit like anything can happen like things you don't expect to happen are going to happen because this is the time. And one of those things did happen as 
Roman Reigns returned to Monday Night Raw as I recorded this last night, two nights ago, for those of you who are listening uh, live on journeyintocomics.com. So, yeah, uh, Roman returned to Raw to talk about his leukemia, and this is a big topic on today's show, and I'm really excited to discuss it with you guys because uh, I have some feelings. I think it's important to dive into these feelings a little bit. So Roman came out on Raw last night and revealed that his leukemia has gone into remission. And he is feeling better and he is ready to return. Okay. Now that's all fine and well. And I love that because, you know, when Roman, the story broke that he had the leukemia come back and he it was he was going to have to leave and he vacates the title and then we've had this cavalcade of more Brock Lesnar than we can muster um it was a very real moment wrestling coming away from wrestling and being life and in, in, in the spotlight so Roman hey he's returning it's great it's fucking cool you know I don't know what capacity I don't know how much he's going to be able to wrestle and take bumps I mean he did just have treatments and stuff I'm sure that affects your ability to take uh punishment like that I mean you know they are very 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 high impact athletes so uh, I don't know what his role is going to be maybe they can put him as like the ref for Wrestlemania 35 versus uh, the in the Seth versus Brock Lesnar match you know maybe to help ensure that Seth wins or maybe to ensure a heel turn Seth wins and then Roman beats the hell out of him who knows I don't, I don't foresee them doing that again. Roman is that, you know, super over happy guy. They're not going to now turn him heel, especially on the heels of him uh, beating leukemia. So it's really incredible to see him come back, and I support this. It's really great. I also am part of a lot of wrestling groups online, guys. This is something I want to talk about. I'm just going to riff from the cuff. I don't have notes. I don't have uh, thoughts. I don't have anything other than just me and my brains to to dive into this with you guys, you know, because really there's just, uh, here's the deal. There are people on the internet right now in the world who are saying that Roman Reigns' leukemia is a work. And while, in some ways, I wouldn't put that concept past the WWE if I was just gut reacting and not actually thinking about what that means and what that would do if that ever came to light, right? And I and I want you guys to really, really, that's one of the things you need to focus on when you're talking about this because some people might jump immediately. Oh, of course it's a work. He was not getting over. They Say he has cancer, he goes away, he comes back, everybody's for it. It's a work. No, this is just coincidental timing with real life happening. And somebody who is so driven, I think, by uh, the goal of being on top while he still can, that Roman's not taking anything for granted. So uh, with that being said, it's like, what do I think about these people who are saying it's a work? I think it's really shameful. Because it's like, Roman is gonna, I mean, listen, he's just a dude, man. How miserable do you think he's gonna feel having beat leukemia? He goes online a day after this amazing moment. And while there are lots of people cheering his praises and saying lovely things about him as a performer and the fact that he overcame this and is able to return to wrestling and all these things, there are people out there saying, you faked this, you you." lied to us you did all these things and deceived us just for wrestling how dare you it's despicable man like wwe has a great friendship with the susan g komen foundation i don't think they would will it be willing to sacrifice or like risk losing that because of some fucking petty storyline that's not what they're about roman just wants to come back and if he's in remission and can't fully wrestle let him be on TV in some capacity because he's not going to be visibly still taking on the effects of all the treatments. And he looked, listen, he looked okay. And that's some people's concern too. He was heavily make, make up, up if you looked at the Good Morning America uh, interview he did uh, this morning as I record this again yesterday if you're listening on real time. But 
that Good Morning America thing, you could tell he's he's been through it. Like he doesn't look 100%. They put a lot of makeup on his face to cover discoloration and stuff. He isn't uh, you know, he he's he's a strong, crazy, athletic dude. So he's going to do everything he can to claw and fight his way back to being where he wants to be. And I just think it's really unfortunate that internet trolls try to size people up who they think they can take cheap shots at about stuff like this and, and do that exact thing, taking cheap shots. I just don't, I don't understand the purpose. It's like, example, if you suffer from a medical condition, I want you to envision someone walking up to you and telling you to your face that's made up, it's not real, and you don't feel the effects of it. It would, first of all, piss you off. It would also hurt your feelings. It would also make you feel very shitty and weird. Like, wow, why would you say such a terrible thing to somebody? That's just, like, are you human? Like, why would you stoop to such a terrible level? So, to the people that are saying it's a work, I think you really need to fucking figure yourself out. And I don't, like, say this because I don't believe in God or shit, but y'all need to find Jesus or some shit because that's crazy that you actually believe they would stoop as low as to... to to play this one specific card. Like some things, some of the other cards that people are saying, well, they did this. They fucking made Cain fuck corpse. Well, that was a very clear storyline where it was obvious. Like how many times have you seen cameras in a room where there's a dude who's dressed up like Cain going to have sex with a corpse it's obviously fucking staged, but if you're to the WWE and you've got this guy who's returning and you can just film his return and talk about it, that's a huge celebration moment. It's not meant to fucking derail, man. These people are so sad that they they can't let, and I said this, I said, look, for the most part, when, when, when Roman Reigns returns, it's going to be a big pop. People are going to be all about it, but... I did not expect the assholes to say the crazy shit that's being said on the internet. It's just, uh, to me, I, I, you know, like what purpose does it serve, really? You know, I, I don't think it serves any. So good luck to Mr. Uh, Roman Reigns and his quest to get back into the ring full time. We'll see what this journey entails as we continue on. I doubt he shows up on SmackDown tonight, but again, it's WrestleMania season. So who knows who's going to show up when and where. Maybe we had the return of Kevin Owens. I mean, it's been teased. It has been, in fact, teased that he's coming back soon. So we'll see. Maybe Kevin Owens has come back, and I'm predicting this on a Tuesday before I've actually seen SmackDown. Ah, doo-dee-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. So check it out, guys. Got a little bit more WWE news. We're going to discuss some releases. We're going to talk about what most recently happened on Raw, which leads to our road to WrestleMania. We also need a brief on the card updated for Fastlane. So real quick here, we had some official releases. You guys already knew about Hideo Itami. I broke that news a few weeks ago. However, they have also now released Ty Dillinger and TJP, which is crazy. Ty Dillinger is one of the best workers they had. Charismatic, the 10 thing was over. Like People were into him. And then WWE just did the thing. They just put him in the mid-card and let him sit there. They couldn't, you know, I feel like they need to have a better, like, they need to constantly be doing tournaments in the WWE, almost like the King of the Ring all over again, but, like, more than one a year. Do it, like, four times a year to constantly put people in the spotlight and have them work through and have some people get close. And you can really see, as somebody works through a tournament, who people are going to fall for. Your Cinderella stories of somebody who maybe you didn't think was going to make it that fucking, you know, does. You know, take chances on people. Have your veterans actually lose once in a while. That's my opinion, anyways. So, it's crazy to me that Ty Dillinger's gone. Hideo Itami's gone. Of course, Ty Dillinger asked for his release. Hideo Itami asked for his release. TJP, I don't think, did. But he's your first modern intercontinental champion. He won the Cruiserweight Classic, I'm pretty sure. He beat Brian Kendrick, or maybe it was the other way around. I don't. I don't it's been it's been a hot minute since we talked about that, folks. 
Uh, again, not a huge fan of the, the 205 product, but uh, these guys are going to obviously find their way over to another company we're going to be talking about here just a little bit. Another person that got released, this one's a little bit more of a shocker because where the wind blows, this person's going to go. You guys, they released Arn Anderson. The WWE thought it was a smart idea to part ways with one of the original Four Horsemen. Apparently, there was some sort of friction between him and Vince, and there were, they didn't like how something at a house show went down, and Vince blamed Arn for the problem and not the actual problem for the problem. Whatever it was, Arn was released. It seems, again, this is another person that would be ripe for the taking if you're an AEW company and you're Tony Khan and you're sizing up names that are moving around right now you think a veteran talent who can help navigate the backstage along with someone like billy gunn who is done and seen it all you know so uh this is very very shocking to me we will have to see where arn ends up if he maybe just calls it uh you know job well done and hangs his boots up all together and doesn't have anything to do with the wrestling industry. I just don't see that though. You can't take you can take the man out of wrestling, but you can't take the wrestling out the man. I mean, that's a fact. So let's look at this updated card for Fastlane. What matches we currently have? Because right now there are only three announced, but we'll talk about them. There's we've got the rematch: the Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso versus the Miz and Shane, Miz Money, for the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Maybe we're setting up a Shane Miz match for WrestleMania. Who knows? Uh, Daniel Bryan, your Empire champion, versus Kofi Kingston in a singles match. Now, don't expect, I hate to say this, don't expect Kofi to win that match. Uh, if they put him over, it would be amazing, but I expect some shenanigans to cause him to lose, which will put him into whatever Daniel Bryan match ends up happening for WrestleMania. We'll have to see where that goes, actually. And the first match from Raw, officially announced, is the Boston Hug Connection. That's Bailey and Sasha as champs versus Nia Jackson, Tamina, who have uh, enacted a rematch clause, I guess, for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. So right now, Fastlane's starting to shape up here. We're only a couple weeks away. It's going to be happening the day before I go see Metallica. That's fucking awesome. In Cleveland, that's cool. Um, wild. Neat. So I'm uh, looking forward to Fastlane, folks. Hopefully you are, too. Let's talk about what happened this week on Raw as... Okay, so some stuff happened on Raw. I talked about Roman's return, the leukemia thing, and that was a big first-hour thing. Kind of going into the second hour, Becky... Or not Becky, I fucked up. Ronda was facing Ruby Riot again and that whole thing. Becky came out. Started whipping ass on people. Natalia was out there. Uh, Becky and Ronda kind of traded blows. Security got in the way. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. They took a re- they arrested Becky Lynch. She what she went she was going she was playing Stone Cold Steve Austin again and going to jail. She's got the handcuffs on and everything. So building it up, building it up, building it up. It's a powder keg about to explode. Ronda Rousey demands answers she wants Becky Lynch out comes Stephanie McMahon you can't have it that way Becky is suspended as you know my dad suspended her uh so what does that mean that means that you're gonna face Charlotte at Wrestlemania and you have no choice and Ronda Rousey's like, man, see, that's where you're wrong. I'm Ronda Rousey. I do have a choice because I'm not everybody else, and I'm your Raw Women's Champion. Well, I was, and she lays the title down, essentially vacating, possibly. Um, Maybe she was just doing it as a position of protest. Who knows? But she essentially saying that the fans and everybody want Becky Lynch to be a part of this match just Make the damn match happen. Of course, this is all part of their beautiful game plan because they've got everybody excited and talking about it. We're all buzzing about, is Becky going to be in the match? She's not going to be in the match. How are you going to incorporate her in the match? Is Charlotte Has Charlotte been introduced into this match just so she can take the pinfall for Becky? Like 
all these different wrestling angles that they know the fans are thinking about. I mean, they know the smart marks, I guess, is what they want to say, are thinking about. But even some of the basic fans have to have figured this out, right? I mean, it, it's so classic. It's so the good guy, anti-hero guy being told no. And she's just, I, you know, I really thought that Becky was going to come out for what the, I th- okay, so the Becky thing happened here, and I thought, oh, they arrested her. She's going to get out somehow. And I thought Charlotte's going to come out during, because uh, they, they also, on this Monday, they had Ric Flair's 70th birthday celebration. They gave him a big gold with custom stats about himself on the belt. It was gorgeous. It was a very cool belt. Um, but... I thought they were going to have Charlotte come out and then Becky would come out and fuck it all up and it would be like in front of everyone. It would be this huge thing. I really kind of anticipated that. So what actually happened on Monday Night Raw shocked me. It really blew me the fuck away. I hate to to curse so much, but I mean, really it did. As uh, Nature's music hits, they introduce him. He doesn't come out. The music hits, they introduce him. He doesn't come out. They go to a camera in the back. It's getting there's a, they're seeing a guy another camera guy getting pulled to the door. It's some big bulky dude. It's fucking Batista. He busts in the door of Ric Flair's locker room and apparently beats his ass, pulls him out by his throat, and says, "Do I have your attention now, Hunter?" And that's it, you guys. Triple H and everybody rushes to the back. They check on him. It's all obviously a work. And, uh, man, I mean, they had Sting and Shawn Michaels and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat all in the same ring with Triple H, Stephanie. Uh, And uh, no Ric Flair. So it's pretty cool to see that Batista has returned. He was last here right before he did Guardians, and he was a part of WrestleMania 30. And the whole debacle of him being inserted into a championship match, he had no right. I digress. Uh, it's cool to see Batista back. I really am a champion of him as a person. Dave Batista is a very sweet dude, you know, just genuinely, I think. He seems like a very nice guy who stands by his people and his morals, and I can support that fully. So it's pretty cool uh, to have him back. I can't wait to see, but it seems like this actually already has set up a match at WrestleMania. So here's what we know as of right now. We've got a few matches that have been announced. Ronda Rousey v. Charlotte Flair. We know Becky's going to get inserted to that match for the Raw Women's Championship. We also have Brock Lesnar, the Universal Champ, versus Seth Rollins. A singles match for the Universal Championship. Possible that Roman Reigns is inserted as your uh, guest referee. Buddy Murphy versus To Be Determined. They don't know yet. TBD has returned for a match uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship. So we'll have to wait and see. And they've also announced now that it is is going to be Batista versus Triple H at WrestleMania 35. Uh, Grudge match, it seems, of sorts. So could be H's last match, maybe. Could be the birth and revitalization of Batista, who could then have some really interesting matches with some of the uh, workers that we have now and really have an opportunity to shine. He's probably a much more well-rounded entertainer. Now that Batista's been doing his thing as a Hollywood star for a while. Really his own kind of breakout star. And I don't think there's really... Okay, there's no comparison, to be fair. There's no comparison to the level of stardom that I personally believe Dave Batista has versus The Rock. I mean, The Rock is obviously more known, like, known quote-unquote. But as far as movie role that set you into history is something that will never be forgotten... Drax, The Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy, one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, Batista killed it. He fucking killed it, man. So I think that uh, it sets the nice precedent that he can he can really... He's he's more of a... He, in my opinion, he's more of a made star in Hollywood than John Cena is. He isn't like The Rock or John Cena. He is his own brand of Batista, and I stand by that for sure. So... uh. 
we're going to jump over to the tracks here as we had some interesting stuff happen. All Elite's tickets went on sale. All Elite's Double or Nothing event tickets went on sale. It immediately sold out in like four minutes or something like that. It was ultra fast. Or hold on, how, what, how, what was the time? I'm trying to see here what the, what they said the time was, but they don't write it on here. Oh, yeah, it was four minutes. I was fucking right. I just, I was expecting to see the number four, and I was looking for a number four, not the letters F-O-U-R. Anyways, so The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, congratulating congratulating All Elite Wrestling on their sellout, uh, talking directly to Chris Jericho. He said, God, I love when you cut babyface promos. Great shit, Mongoose. Congrats on the sellout with a muscle emoji. So The Rock's keeping his eye on this shit, man. And, uh, you know, to have uh, positive reinforcement and words and of encouragement from someone who is star power like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, that is something you can't uh, turn your head at and just like go oh whatever it doesn't matter because it, it's pretty cool uh man it would be awesome to have the rock in aew i don't see it happening but you never know door is open with jericho being there jericho can make anything possible i really think he's going to be the guy that is like hey look if you're gonna ask my opinion and i have to have i get to have some say in this like this is how i would run things this is what i would do uh and obviously you know they've got the talent over there Speaking of the talent that's over there, let's talk about what happened in my back fucking yard as Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. were defending their Impact, uh, their AAW tag titles in a match against Impact Wrestling's LAX in Chicago at AAW. They, they are in the match. The lights go out. The Young Bucks appear. They hit some super kick, super kick party. Uh, LAX wins the AAW tag titles from Lucha Bros, and then Lucha Bros Young Bucks go face-to-face, and an official match is made for Double or Nothing Young Bucks v. Lucha Bros. Let's talk about that card for Double or Nothing here real quick. What matches do we have so far? Here are the matches announced. We've got Hangman Adam Page versus Pac. We've got SoCal Uncensored, which is... Uh, the Fallen Angel, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Gazaria, and Scorpio Sky versus SEMA, which is from uh, the uh, Chinese wrestling organization that they're teaming up with now, uh, and two other teams, TBA and TBA. Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose versus Kylie Ray. Cody versus TBA, and I have a thought on who TBA is going to end up being. Sonny Kiss versus Kip Sabian versus Brandon Cutler versus TBA as a part of the Over the Budget Battle Royal to start. And as I just announced, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in a tag match, most likely for their first tag titles. Who knows? Well, I wonder if they will introduce gold in this company or if it will be different to start. You know, maybe they won't have champions right out the gate. I don't know how that's exactly going to go down. It is super cool and crazy to know that the Bucks were just in Chicago in the backyard. They also went to Sears Center and teased the fact that they need to come back and do something again. And I think they've teased that it's going to be called All Out. Sadly, All In 2 is not going to be used. They're not going to use my fucking cool design that I came up with. I'm heartbroken, you guys. But that's okay. You can't win them all, right? So it, it, it is what it is. So let's get into this last piece of news here, and I want to talk about it. I want to talk about my opinions about it, and then we're going to get out of here, folks. We don't have a lot more to discuss today. The Undertaker has been booked for StarCast 2. Does this mean the dead man is on his way to AEW? In short, not really. Uh, this is him going to StarCast, which has got personalities who are and are not affiliated with All Elite Wrestling showing up to just celebrate wrestling for that weekend, Conrad Thompson putting it on, doing his best to, you know, make wrestling great again uh, in his own beautiful way. Uh, this is also on the heels of some speculation and rumor that The Undertaker is going to be starting his own podcast, jumping into my territory, dead man. I think I'm undefeated, motherfucker. You can't come to my WrestleMania world and do shit. Oh my God, we have to talk about that too, and I'll have to do something there. Good. That'll that'll just give me one second. That'll be great. So Undertaker is going to be at Starcast two. 
He took this booking. It seems like he's going to be promoting possibly that he's going to be doing this podcast and just getting out there and interacting with his fans and kind of killing the dead man persona, I guess, a little bit by way of just being like, hey, look, I'm just a dude and there's going to have to be life outside of wrestling and I don't want to be forgotten about or left from the annals of time because I'm not always the dead man. Like, I want to be able to talk about my journey and my life and, and I'm sure that's what his podcast is going to intend on doing if that's what they actually end up announcing. I don't think he's going to go sign with all elite wrestling. If he does, it would blow my fucking gourd. Uh, I mean, Undertaker did remove all mentions of WWE from his social medias uh, and then booked this. That also is probably because WWE was pissed off that he said he was going to book this after he was probably very transparent and said, this isn't going to hurt you, it's not going to hurt them, it's not going to hurt me, and I'm going to make a little bit of uh, capital by way of spreading the love to my fans. So I think this is a good idea for Taker. I think it's well-deserved for him to be able to go out there and do expos and shit and talk to the people. You know, I would love to meet Undertaker. Fucking, I could go to Double or Nothing. I would. Like, if $30,000 fell in my lap and someone was like, hey, man, here's 30K, uh, you can only spend a little bit on yourself and you got to be selfless for everyone else around you. Okay, that's fine. The only thing I'm being selfish for is I was, I'm going to find ways to get tickets to Double or Nothing, fly down there, meet the Undertaker. I'm all about it, you know? That's real. So, uh, yeah, you know. I think that has I think that does it for wrestling really you guys now I will say before we're out of here from journey into wrestling I get to partake in something very special uh, as the podfather I'm also um, I'm like a split personality human because while I do the podcasting thing and I'm re- really dedicated to this I also am very dedicated to walk among us the only punk rock piano tribute to the misfits that's our baby we love it we spend all of our time trying to better that brand and that band and and this brand. So we were asked to join a show called WrestleMania 5. It's the fifth one they're having. It's at Punk Rock Night in Indianapolis, April 6th. And it's got, you know, there are four bands that essentially it's like a fatal four-way. One band leaves victorious as the champ, okay? So... We have to cut promos, and I'm kind of getting ahead of the game because I you're supposed to cut video promos, but I'm not just cutting video promos. I'm cutting audio promos, too, as little Easter eggs that I'm going to tell them, like, yeah, go back and listen. We've already been talking trash on you jabronis. And I don't really like using that word all the time, but it's a good word. I don't care. So what is it? Well, here's the deal. We're, we're going to go up against these guys, uh, Filth and Majesty, and, and I just... They think they're like wrestling's best and punk music and rock music's best, and they're not. They're just okay. And then you got three cities. I'll maintain that their name is that because they only get work in three cities, and they're just really, really dedicated to making those six fans in those three cities the happiest fans possible. And then you got Ninth Circle Symphony, and you got a dude in that band who makes books that claim he's a legend and he's some sort of God's gift to music. Um, fact, I've never heard of you. You can't be a legend if you're unknown. You're you're legendarily unknown. Like, come on now, get out of here with that horse shit. Like, the fact of the matter is, all these other bands are kind of um, set in stone. You can look at them. You know what they're going to do. You know what they bring to the table. You know what they have to offer. They can't surprise us they can't do anything outside the bounds of what we would expect for them to do because they're going to be so laser focused on perfecting what they have they're not going to think about what we can do which is not follow any rules that we follow we don't have guidelines for our band of what we will and will not allowed in our musical spectrum do you think do you think we only know misfit songs and danzig songs that's really naive I mean, think about that for a second. If you're listening, bands that, you know, are out there in the world trying to get a piece of the pie. The the deal is this. We are the unknown. We are the, the enigma. We can bring things to your table that you're not expecting. You can't predict for. You can't plan for. You're going to mark out for. And at the end of the day, here's one thing that we can guarantee. We will make them all our fans. And that's how we win. 
because every single band that comes to this show has to bow to us at the end of the night and say, man, you guys brought the thunder. You changed people's fucking lives tonight. I'll be like, yeah, we were awesome compared to bullshit. No, I'm kidding. We're Of course we're going to be amazing. I'm not worried about it. We work very hard at our craft. We put time in, hours in, days in, working in and out and in and out to ensure that we're the best that we can be. And that's a fact. So if you think that you can walk into Walk Among Us' territory, slap us in our faces and do anything to us, no, it's not going to work. It doesn't work that way. We're unfazed. You can't talk trash about us. What You can't poke holes in us. We come soundly, musically, 100% dead on every time. We bring emotion and feeling and space and time and everything and every performance is dedicated to a moment that we're sharing with everyone in that room and that one time we'll never get it back. You're not going to take that moment from us. And when it's all said and done, they're going to raise our hand and we're going to take the PRN championship on tour, baby. And we're going to hit up every fucking city that we're meant to play this year. Columbus and Dayton and Valparaiso and Chicago and Indianapolis, which is where we're going to win the title. We are going to be your champions. That is not a prediction. It is a spoiler. I'm your host, Nate. You guys can check out Journey into Wrestling every single bi-weekly Wednesday. I didn't know how to say that. Every other Wednesday is the way I meant to say that. But you can check out Journey into Wrestling every other Wednesday right here on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com. Get us on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, Spotify, CastBox, Podcast Addict. Any place that you can get podcasts, you can find us, Podchaser. Just search Journey Into Comics Network. It's very important and imperative that you're searching Journey Into Comics Network to find our shows. If you're listening here and you're trying to tell your friends, don't tell them, go check out Journey Into Wrestling. They're not going to find us. you got to say, go check out the Journey Into Comics Network and you'll get Journey Into Wrestling. And you'll get shows like Journey Into Comics and Poor 360 and Foodies Watching Movies and Podcastrophy and Crucial Tunes and Gallif Radio and the Voice of Survival Podcast and Kids for Sale and Dungeons with Dudes. And all the shows we have on our network. I'm fucking so excited. we got a whole bunch of stuff coming up, folks. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. Season 3, Episode 15. I've been Nate, and yo ass better call somebody! Hey, this is uh, Nathan Explosion from... Death Clock, and uh, I just wanted to tell you guys about an event coming up in here pretty soon, March 23rd. Fun for Funs is a Journey in the Comics Network event. Oh yeah, and it's featuring Lee Pitkiss from Bruise with Dudes, and Pitkiss Trophy, and Dungeons with Dudes, and Journey in the Comics. With performances by those jackasses in band number one. Also, Boner Jovi, Walk Among Us, and Yesterday's Chips. I do not want to say the things about the, the comedians, the ones, the, the big Santa Claus's comedians, them's Patrick's Mercies. It's the live stand-ups guys that will be there at the North in pubs on March 23rd. Dr. Roxo, the Rock and Roll Club, baby. Here to tell you one last thing, man. You might have forgot about it, but doors are open in the three. We're gonna have podcasts at four. You're gonna pay $10, baby. And it's 21 and up. That's a fact, Jack. Check it out.